So it's really important for all of us, no matter if you feel you are an empath or not, to learn ways to downregulate the nervous system, especially in our culture and our society where we are constantly overstimulated. This is the Mind Body Detox Podcast, where we discuss all things integrative health and wellness, interviewing folks from all over the world, sharing insights and wisdom on how to live a healthier life in mind, body, and spirit. Welcome back to the Mind Body Detox Podcast. I'm your host, integrative intuitive medium, Kara Loveheart. And today we're jumping into episode two of the series on empaths. Specifically, we're going to talk about eliminating empath overload, being overloaded, overstressed, feeling overstimulated, having too much of your empathy affecting your everyday life and your world. And the series here we're talking about for the next couple episodes, we'll be sharing more in depth and we're going to go into these topics in layers. So of course, we have to start with the foundation. Now, even if you are not an empath and don't identify as one, this information I'm sharing today are really basic foundational tools for most of the clients I work with, even if they do not identify as an empath. So it's something that is really still information that would be very pertinent to living a healthier lifestyle, a more natural lifestyle, more holistic lifestyle. But keep in mind that all the information shared is not intended to diagnose, to treat, or replace any of your medical healthcare professionals. So this information I'll be sharing today is information for you to take to heart, think about, and take any of the information to your healthcare provider to see if it's something that's appropriate for you at this time. So specifically with eliminating empath overload today, we're going to be discussing self-care non-negotiables. So the things that are non-negotiable for empaths and for most of you out there as well, what we need to be able to find balance as well as some basic eating tips for empaths. Now, when it comes to being an empath or being someone who's a healthcare worker or a healer or a helper personality, which a lot of the people who listen to this show are, we love you. Thank you guys so much for all the work you're doing in the world. You have to really admit that self-care comes last. Self-care is one of the things for most helpers, most healers, most empaths. It is something that we put off until we are forced to do it because we maybe are, um, we have burned out or we have been told that we must take care of ourselves now by our friends or family or loved ones who have noticed us not giving or allowing others to give to us. So that is why we're going to talk about the self-care non-negotiables. Because if you can start to look at these tools, look at this information that I'm about to share as these things are non-negotiable, like these are things that an average person must do in order to find balance and health and wellness in their life. So there are five different things I'm going to share today. So first one is we're going to talk about stress reduction especially for the general public and, of course, for empaths. It's no different. We need stress reduction in our lives because we are living in a very stressful environment in our culture. But for empaths, it's a lot more pertinent and it's very a lot more necessary to utilize stress reduction in your life. 
Number two, we're going to talk about movement. Number three, eating and substances that are put inside of your body. Four, we're going to talk about things that are common that I see my clients detox from or get rid of or eliminate in their lives that really helps them eliminate that overload or overstimulation, whether they're an empath or not. And then some extras, just some basic things that are really helpful to downregulate the nervous system. And so that's really what we are talking about here with these five things today. Empaths having overload, and again, anybody in our culture are most likely experiencing hyper-stress, hyper-arousal, and their nervous systems aren't able to down-regulate, meaning we're not able to move from a sympathetic, active nervous system where it's that stress mode where our blood pressure's up, we're alert, we're aware, our pupils are dilating, we're looking around on go, go, go mode. When we're able to down-regulate our nervous system, we're activating the parasympathetic mode in our body. And this helps not only drop our blood pressure, our respiration, our heart rhythms can balance, but we also are able to digest food a lot better because the digestive juices are flowing. We have our, the proper enzymes are now ready to go and break down our food when we eat. Uh, We're able to concentrate a lot better and focus because we maybe aren't in this overstimulated mode. So it's really important for all of us, no matter if you feel you are an empath or not, to learn ways to down-regulate the nervous system, especially in our culture and our society where we are constantly overstimulated. So number one, we're going to start back at number one, stress reduction. Our favorite ways to reduce stress are going to be different depending on who we are and where we are in our lives. So I'm going to just share some of the ones that are really common for my clients that I work with and that are very wonderful to explore to see if it's for you. And again, these are very different. Depending on where you're at, you may or may not be interested in these. I'm going to say the first one is meditation. And I think that that one, people go, yeah, of course. Yeah, I should be meditating. Yeah, I should. You know, Don't should on yourself, really. Meditation is something that I could be honest, I wasn't interested in for a very long time. You can see that there are benefits to it if you can experience calming your mind down or trying different types of meditation. A lot of people have a misconception that meditation is sitting in Indian style, you know, closing your eyes, lighting a candle, and clearing your mind. And that's not really realistic. Now, that might be a really great tool for a certain type of person and where you're at, depending on where you're at, but sometimes an open-eyed walking meditation that's including mindfulness and just awareness of your surroundings is a lot better form of meditation for someone who can't calm their mind down because you're setting yourself up for failure if you are expecting yourself to be able to, you know, get to that place where you have no thoughts going on. And it can be frustrating if you feel like this is what I should be doing. I should be meditating every day. If you don't get value out of it, it may not be the time for you to meditate or it may not be the style of meditation that would work for you. Mindfulness may be a better start where you just become aware of the physical surroundings, the five senses and the smells. Maybe just during your daily, everyday routines like brushing your teeth showering, doing laundry, doing dishes, making food, just using mindfulness techniques to be aware of the presence of your body, the smells, the sights, the lights, the all those things, and just be in that moment 
And if your mind starts to wander, bring yourself back. That can be a lot more productive for people who have a hard time meditating. Uh, Again, meditation is amazing for stress reduction if you practice it on a regular basis and you can develop that skill. But I do highly suggest for people who find it very frustrating, they can't get into that space, to just try some basic mindfulness. And I'll leave some books and options for um, you guys in the show notes for uh, really great uh, mindfulness basics if you need that. Journaling is another option I really find very helpful for stress reduction. That self-awareness piece is really powerful for empaths and people who are introspective. When you are introspective, it helps you to unwind. It helps you to maybe solve some of the maybe core conflicts or things that have gone on throughout your day. And it's a really great place just to get out your stress and just get it out of you. So I think journaling has been a practice of mine for... I mean, since I was a teenager, it is it is the place where I plug in, I connect to not just myself through maybe venting or getting things out, but also I connect to my spiritual team. Automatic writing is a practice for myself, and it's like, you know, people call it channeling, but for me, it's just connecting with source and, and asking questions and, and getting my intuitive connection that way. You don't have to be an, a psychic or an intuitive like myself to be able to do that. It is a really great place to calm the brainwaves down, get in more of that theta brainwave state where you are connecting into that unconscious piece, which is where all of those spiritual aspects of ourselves come from, all the the more symbolic forms of our connection to the non-physical world. So I think journaling is a really great practice for stress reduction. Breath work is also really great for empaths and a lot of people again out there because I find that most of my clients who are struggling with overstimulation do not breathe. They don't breathe properly. Uh, they more have shallow breathing. They don't fully inhale and fully exhale and it really does keep your body in a more stressed state. Simple breathing and breath work is really powerful. And again, I'm going to do a episode coming up here after this series. We're going to talk about self-sabotage and some of the really common ways we sabotage ourselves. So I'm going to give you a quick sneak peek here, some of the items we'll talk about. And one of them is really we sabotage ourselves when we think or perceive that some tool, book, or solution or tip that maybe a uh, teacher has for us or we've read on, you know, online or we saw on TikTok or wherever we saw it, we get the information, we store it, but we don't utilize it or we think it's too simple to work. And breathwork is one of those items because a lot of times we perceive it needs to be hard. We feel like, well, that's too easy. That can't work. Or you try it for a couple times and then you just, you know, give up. So, I think that when we when it comes to self-sabotage, again, we'll go into that in the upcoming episode, but that's one of the biggest things that I see that people just don't give some of these tools and tricks a, a, a try. And that's really important to note as we go forward here. Again, as some of these seem very simple. And remember, these are just self-care non-negotiables, just the basics. So if we can't get the basics down, we can't actually create that firm foundation for self-care. Um, to move forward and learn to regulate being a highly sensitive person, being an empath, or just being someone who's dealing with the uh, overworked, overstressed, hyperstimulated culture that we live in. Another form of stress reduction that I love is art, art therapy, 
coloring, doing any form of art, because it really does bring you into that present moment space. You don't have to be an artist to really fully express yourself. Even just crafts or crocheting or knitting, I find are really helpful ways to decompress for a lot of empaths, especially my empath fellow empaths out there who have a hard time sitting still. Again, we have to remember that a lot of times as an empath, the reason why we're so sensitive is our nervous system, again, cannot downregulate. And we've just been going on the hamster wheel for a long time, maybe most of our life. And so sitting still and finding stillness and being calm does not compute. So it does take time and maybe some even years in practice to really downregulate and calm the nervous system and get to that space. So if you have, again, a hard time doing breath work or even journaling or meditation, your brain just cannot stop. I find crocheting or knitting or doing something with the hands that you're still keeping yourself busy is one step in that direction. So it's a great place to start if you're one of those individuals. Music is my jam. I love listening to music on headphones specifically so I can just immerse myself, close my eyes, and just really dive into some really good music. Now, depending on the mood, you know, it's different depending on what you need for stress reduction. Some empaths, because they're overstimulated, need calming, soothing music. I think that the binaural beats music is a really good option. And what that is, is it's music. Um, this, this stuff has been around since the eighties and it's, it's really great to see it in more recent times becoming more popular and trendy. It is utilizing different frequencies through listening to music with headphones and they put a low level frequency in one ear and then a different tone or frequency in another ear with the intention of balancing and entraining or guiding the brain waves into a more altered state of relaxation. So it's really helpful if you have a hard time falling asleep or relaxing. I suggest listening to more alpha or theta brainwave music. So but for binaural beats. So those brain waves are really relaxing. They take you out of that beta brainwave state, which is that hyper-focused arousal state. And then, of course, if you really are needing some really deep sleep, uh, which we're going to talk about sleep next, I highly suggest using the delta brainwave frequencies. Those are really, pro- I, when I cannot sleep, again, I'd rather go and use binaural beats music first before I take a sleep aid. And for me, that's usually like a CBD oil or maybe a melatonin if I really need it very badly. Um, and we'll talk more about that as well later but I highly suggest trying the Delta brainwave frequencies. Of course, just to note, if you do struggle with seizures, um, there are, of course, that is one contraindication, meaning you should not utilize binaural beats music with putting on the headphones. Um, There could be a potential of causing seizure. Actually, I'm not aware of anyone that has epilepsy that's utilized binaural beats and been okay. So if you are one of those people out there and you're like, hey, I'm epileptic, I've used binaural beats, haven't had no problems with it, I'd love to hear from you just because I'm curious. So next one, of course, we're talking about is proper sleep for the stress reduction piece. You really, really need to look at how well you're sleeping. I love that people have trackers now. They have the smartwatches and they can really track their sleep to see if they're getting enough sleep. If they're getting into the deeper stages of sleep. If you are dreaming all night, a lot of empaths are really vivid dreamers. You know, that's okay. But for a long period of time, 
it really isn't necessarily healthy to be dreaming all the time, feel like you're having epic dreams, because that could indicate that you're not getting into these deeper stages of sleep. And on the other hand, too, for people who do not dream, that's a really interesting indicator that there might be some other things going on with your sleep and your body being able to process some of the unconscious things that happen throughout our day-to-day living. So it's interesting to really check out and see, really, are you sleeping properly? And if you have issues with sleep ongoing, I love when people find out that they you know, go to a sleep study and they get some sort of solution or they go to a sleep doctor, really check it out. We're going to have a professional sleep expert on the podcast coming up here in the future. So just stick around for that, those episodes, because there's so much to sleep and it's a whole episode in itself. But I really highly recommend that you, if you are struggling with sleep and you have not gotten checked for sleep apnea, it's one of those things that people don't even think about. And I know for uh, when I was in massage school and doing my clinicals and my research paper for my graduation project I had to do, one of my project was actually on sleep apnea. And not just sleep apnea in individuals who maybe have a little bit of extra weight. Um, it's There's interesting correlation between having issues with the cervical spine in your neck and having sleep apnea. There's a lot of other reasons that can happen. But again, if you have not gotten checked and you say, well, I can't have sleep apnea, I'm not overweight. You know, it's something to really look into if you struggle with sleep on a consistent basis. Again, we really need to have proper sleep to be able to downregulate our nervous systems, wake up feeling refreshed so that we can go out into the world, whether we're an empath or not. Because empaths, when you don't get enough sleep, you're waking up and you're you're really going to have a hard time turning down or controlling your sensitivity. You've already experienced this, I'm sure. When you have not had proper sleep, it's like you wake up and you go to work or you go out into the world and the energy and the sensitivity and the emotions and whatever you're picking up is a lot louder and it's more invasive. So proper sleep is a non-negotiable. I am a big fan of Epsom salt baths specifically because... Epsom salt is really helpful for helping the nervous system relax. And it's magnesium sulfate is usually what they put in Epsom salts. And I love them because, again, a lot of people are deficient in magnesium in our culture. As always, I'm not recommending you take this if you have, you know, take Epsom salt baths if you um, don't check with your doctor. Again, some people think that just because something's natural and, you know, hey, it's just Epsom salts, that they may not, you know, they may be fine using it. But if you have kidney issues, like, it's really detrimental sometimes to integrate more minerals into your body, even if it's transdermally through an Epsom salt bath. So you want to be mindful with those levels and uh, check with your doctor and healthcare provider for that. Also, I love saunas. Oh my gosh. It is one of my favorite ways to downregulate the nervous system. Unfortunately, my gym right now is renovating their pool and their sauna, so I've been missing it. Um, but luckily, I have a, an at-home infrared uh, mat that I can make into a sauna that I utilize. We're going to talk about that here in a couple episodes, too, because it is one of my favorite ways to have energy management. It's really a great tool for that. So we'll talk more about that. Another thing is getting massage and body work. So of course, for stress reduction, regular massage, body work, energy work, Reiki, whatever works for you, acupuncture are just really great ways to keep the system regulated. And we will talk more about that in the upcoming episodes as well. But these are just the basics. And then the last one for stress reduction is please, if you do not have a counselor or a coach or a, a spiritual director or maybe someone that is your priest or your pastor at your church, 
it's really important to have someone that can be either a mentor, a sounding board, um, whether professionally or not, that you have someone to be able to be there to process, especially being a highly sensitive person or an empath. It's really, really important to have that because a lot of times you can feel alone being an empath um, or being in any of your any of our problems we deal with as humans. We feel very alone in that. So it's really very healing to have a counselor or a coach. So those are the stress reduction non-negotiables, okay? Just the basics, meditation, journaling, breath work, art, music, proper sleep, Epsom salt baths, saunas, counseling or coaching, and massage and body work. Number two non-negotiable is movement. I have so many of my fellow empaths that don't move. And it's interesting because what happens is we kind of like sit there in our own emotional sludge and all the emotions that we've absorbed from the day. And a lot of times we don't move it out of our systems through maybe walking or light exercise, cardio, whatever works for your body type and your health at this time, or even yoga or qigong, some sort of movement that's just not happening. And a lot of us are sitting stationary at desks for our jobs. And it's really, really not just beneficial for the endorphins and the entire system to move, But a lot of empaths think when they're overwhelmed and they're just like, oh my gosh, I have to like go and just crawl into a hole. Where is the place that they usually go? Either their couch, you know, they get couch locked and just watch TV and binge watch stuff. And it's not moving and metabolizing the emotions that they're subconsciously processing, what's not just within themselves, but that they picked up throughout their day. They're just letting it stew. It's not moving it through. Because energy and emotion, they are really what empaths are feeling and picking up. And when we are holding that and not moving it through, it can start to affect us in uh, the physical aspects too. So don't get into your couch and just crawl into a hole and get under a blanket or you know crawl into your bed. Do some walking, do some light movement, stretching, just move whatever it is through that you're feeling. Because sitting still And being stagnant is probably the worst thing you can do when you're experiencing empath overload, especially emotionally. Now, if you, of course, are at the end of a very long day and you're feeling like your nervous system is fried, sitting and just staring at the wall and being still and not moving, if you are able to do that, is absolutely very helpful. So I think, again, it's about that balance One of the things I do see a lot with empaths, though, is that they do maybe potentially go to the gym and they're working out way too hard. Again, our culture is like, we feel like we need to work out really hard. Like, do you remember, like, I don't know, I don't know what the workouts are now that are intense because I just started going back to the gym again um, after COVID. You know, we're, we're going and adventuring out now. And it's interesting because I know that back in the 90s, there was like, the insanity workouts, and there was like all these really intense workouts that I think are really great for certain type of fitness levels. But empaths a lot of times are already stressed. Their adrenals a lot of times are already fatigued. So working out to that degree could be detrimental. And again, each person, each of you is individual. You have to really talk to your doctor, um, physical therapist, your, your personal trainer, all the people you see to find out really what works for you. But it's something to keep in mind. And again, I, I meet a lot of people that they actually are working out way too much, way too hard. And again, it's not helping them to down-regulate the nervous system, which is, again, 
why we're talking about these self-care non-negotiables. These are just the basics. So with movement, yoga, walking, qigong, light exercise, stretching, anything that will help just move that energy through you instead of you just sitting in it and stewing in it. Number three, eating. So we're going to talk all the things you're putting in your body. One of the things that I find really surprising as I started working with people is it's so common for people to not eat regular meals, skipping meals or maybe not eating all day and then finally binge eating at the end of the day. When you skip meals, your blood sugar levels really are unable to maintain your energy levels. And it's really hard for empaths and anybody in general to really maintain a level of emotional stability, not absorb too much emotions excess in in your environment. When your nervous system is again upregulated because your body's in this like state of, oh my gosh, there's no food and you're running on just fumes. You don't have that proper nutrition you know, not even just protein or and vegetables and maybe minerals and nutrition in general, like all the nutrients you need, but you're not even getting anything. So the blood sugar levels, maintaining those throughout the day by eating regular meals is really important. Now, what regular meals look like for you? Because people go, well, what about intermittent fasting? Okay. That may be beneficial for you depending on where you are on the spectrum as being an empath. Because if you're really hypersensitive to the degree, it's like, I have a hard time regulating my life. I can't go out in the world. I am over, overwhelmed. You may need to really look at, especially with a healthcare professional, is doing this intermittent fasting helpful for your nervous system? Is it going to be putting you in a space where like, yeah, my body is feeling that it's not needing to survive. It definitely is like doing well. I can do this intermittent fasting. But again, everybody's different. In general, regular meals that work for each of us, whether they're small, whether they're you know large, whether you have the fasting in the morning, you eat larger meals in the afternoon or whatever you do, it's very different for everyone. But as long as you're on a rhythm of some rhythm that makes sense for you, and even if your rhythm is during certain times of the month, you just don't feel as hungry, and listening to the body is probably the most important part. Because again, that's what empaths and most of us don't do. We don't listen to our body. We don't have self-care. And We don't really know these non-negotiables to say, wait, I should probably just eat some regular meals here. It's so simple. Again, remember what I said earlier about self-sabotage and how like some of these things I'm saying are going to seem like this is just so simple. Like when's she going to get into the like obviously new information or good stuff? Well, I'm going to get into some things maybe you haven't heard here in this episode, hopefully, but in the next upcoming episodes, we're going to dive deeper. But remember guys, we have to do these basics first. So eating regular meals, keeping your blood sugar levels stable is really important. For empaths, I find that eating fresh, whole foods, eating organic, and eliminating eliminating anything in their diets that they could be sensitive to. Because empaths, again, we're sensitive to people, to emotions. And again, depending on where you are on the spectrum, you may be more sensitive to the common allergens like corn, wheat, dairy, or soy. And you may not even have an awareness that you have a sensitivity to that. You could be um, sensitive to artificial colors or sweeteners, preservatives, any highly processed foods. I mean, this isn't just for empaths. Who do you know out there? And if you meet this person, I want to hear, I want to meet them because they're superhuman. Who do you know out there that doesn't do better by eating fresh, organic, whole foods that are very minimally processed? Who? 
<laughs> so it's really, really important. And I think it's something that we, if we all do that, we can not only lose weight, feel better, we can, you know, eliminate a lot of pain. There's so many benefits to that. And it's so simple. Again, it's so simple. These are just the basics. And then of course, hydration. So if you are not fully hydrated, um, we're going to talk about water in upcoming episodes, the different types of water and those their benefits. It's a really huge topic that you may not even think about, but hydration is really important. I have so many of my clients I've worked with that they're just trying to get through the day, um, six cups of coffee and they, you know, very little water and they're running on empty and their, their adrenals are fatigued. They're tired. The medical community, I think, I think I'm not sure if they've chronic fatigue syndrome is still one of those diagnoses that they say isn't real. You know, some doctors say it is, but it's just one of those things that you can't detox properly if you're not hydrated. It's really hard for your brain to function cognitively if you're not hydrated, your muscles to function, your heart, your whole system. So it is pretty important. Again, usually they recommend drinking your weight in ounces. Everybody's different, especially remember, again, if you have kidney issues, kidney damage, there may be different recommendations for you. So keep that in mind. So number three was eating. So remember, this is regular meals, keeping your blood sugar levels balanced, eliminating any allergens or toxins, artificial colors, preservatives, or sweeteners, trying to stay away from highly processed food and eating as much fresh organic as you can. I find a lot of empaths do really well growing their own food if they have the time, because there's something about putting their own energy into the soil, into the seeds, into the plants while watering them while they grow and eating that food. Again, that's that's beneficial for everybody. This isn't just for empaths, but remember empaths struggle more with taking care of themselves. They do put themselves last more often than other individuals who don't identify as empaths. So again, it's even more important that these things be taken care of because a lot of times they haven't been. So number four, this is, we're going to talk about things that's really important to detox from. So these are non-negotiable basic things that a lot of highly sensitive people and empaths need to detox from. So look at how much stimulation you're getting from your phone, from any computers, any artificial light, from being on social media. Those things are really not usually brought to our awareness until we actually unplug. Go back and listen to the cyber detox episode on information hygiene. It's a really great episode to get deeper into that. But I think it's really important for us to just unplug, even if you do it for a day or a weekend, to see how different you feel as an energy sensitive person to see if you're able to handle being around people and not absorbing so much or not taking on as much emotions from other people or even your own self. The next thing I think is important for people to detox from are stimulants. Remember, we're trying to downregulate the nervous system. So if people are really hooked on stimulants, it could be sugar or coffee, cigarettes, anything that's really stimulating the body, um, it's really important to really figure out a way that you can either decrease those substances or completely eliminate them if it's necessary for your health. I don't know anyone that... Um, needs to not quit smoking (laughs) or eating sugar because sugar is so detrimental to our health. Again, go listen to the sugar episode if you have not yet, the sugar detox episode. But coffee for some people, I will make a statement here, coffee for some people is actually very beneficial. So you might see like these articles online, like coffee increases people's life expectancy. Like it's really interesting when you see these articles that seem like they're contradictory and then you're like, well, they don't know what they're talking about because this this 
blog post said this, this news article said this. Really, you have to remember when we're looking at things truly holistically, remember that each of us is an individual, very unique, and what works for one person won't work for another. And so there is no one size fits all. So another thing you can unplug from and detox from is drama. Drama in much ways as you can. It's a really great way to to decrease um, stimulation on the body. Overworking and overgiving. I'm going to say it again. Overworking and overgiving. So of course, if you're an over-nurturer, you probably know like, yes, I give too much. I don't say no. Don't worry. We're going to go into boundaries with that and ways you can utilize setting up boundaries for yourself and finding that healthy middle ground for you so you can still give and still feel okay with that, but not um, overstimulate yourself and drain your, yourself completely. So detox from overworking and overgiving. And then finally here, way, way, other ways that I think are important to detox um, is just in general your health. If there are health issues that are underlying that you, again, have put on the back burner, chronic pain, headaches, Lyme disease, maybe if you have autoimmune conditions, hormone imbalances, or any medications that could be toxic to the system that you can work with your doctor to find alternatives or maybe change some other lifestyle elements so that you can maybe get off certain medications if that's possible for you. It's really very beneficial for empaths, again, to be very clean in what they're putting in their body. And not just through medications, but also your personal care products. So we talked a little about that with the um, Talking Dirty with the EWG, one of the earlier episodes, um, but it is important because it can create, um, again, like we talked about, hormone imbalances, which are a big deal. A lot of uh, empaths I work with have that. A lot of them have autoimmune conditions like Hashimoto's, Lyme's disease, fibromyalgia, headaches, chronic pain. Again, it's so common for those who overgive and who are they're stuck in that high alert nervous system. Again, we, this is where all of our potential health issues can stem from. So there it is. Go ahead and uh, talk to your doctor and see if you can really start to address some health issues that you've had that maybe you've just been putting on the back burner. And number five are the extras. So ways that I really like to balance and downregulate my nervous system and, and substances that help me are adaptogenic herbs. So things like ashwagandha, uh, licorice root is one, but it doesn't do well for me. Um, I'm not the big fan of that one. It actually makes me hyper, and uh, but it is good for cer- certain people. Another one is a holy basil or tulsi. It's one of my favorite um, adaptogenic herbs, especially because I get to grow it in my garden and make tea out of it, and it's just lovely. So adaptogenic herbs are something you can look into. You can, of course, consult a local herbalist or and or your doctor and see if they are right for you. I will say that a lot of times doctors are not aware of adaptogenic herbs yet and, and their benefits. Um, we probably, you've been seeing it in the trends with like some of the... Um, adaptogenic mushrooms that you'll see like mushroom coffee um, that's taking off. So just look into it and contact um, a local herbalist that you have or, or one online if you don't have one locally. Another way that I love to balance and downregulate my nervous system and keep it stable is through mineral supplementation. I process and empaths process and, and anyone for that matter, if you're processing a lot of information and overstimulation in your life, proper mineral are really important to make sure that your nervous system is is operating properly. Think of minerals and hydration and electrolytes, these 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 elements. Think of them almost like the WD-40 of your nervous system. If you are deficient in any of these, it's going to affect the way that your nervous system processes and it's a little bit harder to downregulate. 
you know, that one example earlier is magnesium and calcium are, they regulate each other. So if you have too much calcium in the body, the magnesium levels will drop. If you have too much magnesium levels, the calcium levels will drop. Now, calcium helps to contract our muscles and magnesium helps to relax. So that's why they recommend doing magnesium packs on sore muscles or if you twisted an ankle. And that's why I love doing Epsom salt baths because I put some of that in my bath. It really helps my muscles to just relax and unwind. Again, specifically because we are mineral deficient and magnesium is one of the biggest minerals that is deficient in the soil. So even if you are eating organic, depending on how that organic vegetables or produce is grown, it may still be deficient in magnesium. So it's it's interesting, even a gardener's trick, they use magnesium or Epsom salts on the soil. You know, this is for, if you're a tomato farmer and you're like, you want those really red ripe tomatoes, you put that magnesium in the soil and it really helps them. So think of minerals as the WD-40 of your nervous system and that you need that to help downregulate and balance. CBD products are fantastic, whether it's topically or internally. I, I actually really support, we have a local um, CBD company here. They're amazing. They're in Lancaster County, Pennsylvania, and it is Hempfield Botanicals. We sell their products at our center. I love them. It's made a big difference in my life, not just with stress and anxiety, but with sleep and pain. And I can't tell you how many empaths that I know that when they started using the, we have, there's a CBD um, sampler pack they have. So they have CBD with different terpenes that really help different types of conditions or symptoms, I should say. But the one that is for anti-anxiety was just amazing. That one really helped. And then of course, all of them are great. I I could go on and on about them and a whole different thing. We'll actually have them come on our podcast to talk about it, but CBD is, I can't get enough of it. It's great. And then essential oils. I think that is one of the first things that I really utilized for down-regulating the nervous system because it really, just inhaling essential oils, they're very volatile. So that means that the molecules of essential oils are very tiny and they can evaporate into the air very easily. That's why if you open a bottle of essential oils, you can smell it from across the room because those molecules are kind of floating around in the air and then they can hit, go up into your nose and hit your olfactory nerve and you can smell them. And that goes straight to the brain and specifically the part of the brain uh, the limbic system, it affects the amygdala and it affects your body's emotional reactions. And it's a really quick. It's very quick. You can smell an oil and just all of a sudden have a whole body release and sigh. So I love essential oils. Again, I think there are a lot of essential oil companies out there to choose from right now. Some of them are more synthetic and may be detrimental to people who are highly sensitive. So make sure you check out if it is a full 100% essential oil that's not have any carrier, um, not carrier oils, but any synthetic oils in it. My way of choosing an essential oil for the day is just to inhale, you know, some of my blends and see which one helps me to feel that relaxation response right away. Because there'll be certain days that I need a, a, a like a orange essential oil or a peppermint or I need something that's more earthy. And the emotional relaxation response that you should get is when you inhale and then you go, ah, that one, that one. That's the response. Not a, that one's okay. I like that. That's, that smells nice. No, I want to experience that down regulation of the nervous system when I inhale an essential oil that I will choose for that day for me to utilize. And I utilize it in an essential oil diffuser. Um, depending on what type of oil it is, it may be safe to use it topically. Again, please check with essential oil or aromatherapist. Each different oil is, is different. 
But that is, again, my favorite easy uh, starter way to downregulate the nervous system as an extra. So recapping all of these non-negotiables. Again, these are just the basics. Stress reduction, meditation, journaling, breathwork, art, music, proper sleep, Epsom salts, sauna, counseling, coaching, and massage and body work. Number two is movement. It's yoga, walking, light exercise. Eating, number three, so regular meals, making sure that you're eliminating any allergens or toxins or potential artificial processed foods and hydrating. Number four is detox, unplug from your devices, drama, stimulants like sugar, coffee, overworking and overgiving, and then address some of those underlying health conditions. And then the extras, anything to balance and regulate, downregulate the nervous system, adaptogenic herbs, minerals, CBD, and essential oil. So those are the five non-negotiables, stress reduction, movement, your eating, detox, and extras. Now I do have an Eating for Empaths online course, which is an amazing course that goes a lot deeper into some of the things that might be helpful for you as an empath. Or if you have a friend or a loved one that would benefit from this information, feel free to go on to our um, website and I'll put that in the show notes and check out that Eating for Empaths course because that may be very beneficial for you. And I highly recommend people who are, you know, just getting started and they got these, you know, non-negotiables basics down and you, again, as per your doctor, allowing those, those changes in your lifestyle first. But once you get those down, you're really still having some issues. Contact a nutritional therapist, connect with someone who is an expert in this area, because there are a lot of things you can do to address some underlying health conditions holistically with a doctor, um, with maybe blood panels with looking at allergens or toxins or things like that. And I think it's really a a really great way as an empath to downregulate your nervous system and and, and eliminate some empath overload. I know for me, I am, again, if you haven't listened to the sugar detox episode, I am a recovering sugar addict and sugar and cigarettes were my toxins. And those were some of the biggest things that after I eliminated them, I was able to really handle my sensitivity a lot better. So those non-negotiables, guys, eliminate those personal toxins. Remember to unwind and get proper nourishment and fill up your cup. All right, we'll see you for the next episode. Everyone will go into boundaries for empaths. This is a really important one. So we'll see you next time. I hope you enjoyed this episode and be well until next time, my friends. For listening to the Mind Body Detox podcast. We wish you wellness and health in your mind, body, and spirit. And be well until next time, my friends.